Today we're going to be talking about the fact that your greatest failures can never outweigh God's love for you on Souls Row 2. And welcome to Soul Zero Two. This is the podcast that is putting the oxygen back into the Christian life one soul at a time. And I want to talk to you today about this simple question. Is it possible uh, to be beyond redemption? And we know that there are scriptures that speak to that, uh, but that's not our focus today. Um, I don't want to talk about you know what it means to be to blaspheme God. I want to talk about what it means to be forgiven by God. Because in the whole sweep of scripture, you find that God is always searching for his people. Uh, and all humanity for that fact through the cross. And so, is it possible maybe to hold up our sins and flaws to the love of God and discover redemption through it? Today we're going to realize that, that God is, is, is willing, uh, or rather not willing, that any should perish as, as, as the scriptures tell us. So, with that, in fact, I, I just got done reading through David's life, um, and David was an amazing king, King David, right? And uh, But you'll find that the greater the hero, the greater the flaws, the more mistakes they made, and the, the grander sins maybe they, they engaged in. And if you really want to look at David's life, and, and just to, you know, uh, bring you up to, up to speed with David, if you, if you want to look for David's life, at his life, look at his sins, all right? Often we think, well, maybe, maybe he just, um, you know, committed adultery, so what, right? But look at all the sins, right? Let's put them up again for you. Um, his sins are very, very involved. There's lots of nuance here. And you find first that there was a lot more involved to David's sins than adultery. First, there was idleness. It was the season for kings to be on the battlefield, not reclining at the palace. Then there was lust. David saw a woman naked uh, bathing on a rooftop. Then there was premeditation. He engineered a way to get her. He, he kind of schemed a way to get her. Then th there was the actual act of adultery. David violated another man's wife, and she got pregnant on top of that. Then came the cover-up. And the cover-up was when David brings in her husband from off the battlefield. His name is Uriah. And he tells him, why don't you go home and be with your wife and, you know, comfort her during this time and just rest. And Uriah wouldn't do it. And what was David trying to do there? He was trying to cover up the child's paternity, right? The fact that he was the father and says, well, go sleep with him so that we'll cover this up. But then on top of that, that didn't work. Getting Uriah to sleep with his wife didn't work because Uriah felt that it was, if his fellow soldiers didn't rest, he couldn't rest. So hence you had murder. So David says, I'm going to murder him then because I got to fix this. So this made the sin even worse because it showed that Uriah was an honorable man doing the right thing in contrast to David's evil schemes. So David arranges with Joab, his general, to have Uriah put on the front lines of the battle so that he's killed. But then came abuse of power. And basically, after all is said and done, David used his power of, of being a royal sovereign to satisfy his own personal desires.
And that is really a, a scary thing when you think about it, because David was, he started out as such a beautiful, innocent, pure king. And then came Nathan's famous Thou art the man speech, if, if you ever read it in 2 Samuel 12, 7. And we find that uh, Nathan confronted David, told him a story that kind of put David in the shoes of, of, of the guy who was guilty in the story. And then David was upset and says, I'm going to get that guy. He's going to die and repay back. And then Nathan says, you are the man. You did this. This is what you did. And talk about a gut punch, a, a shocker. So how does David come back from murder, abuse, abuse of power, uh, lust, premeditation, adultery, and cover-up? How does David come back from that? And maybe you're watching this today or listening to this and you're saying, how do I come back from the sin I committed last week or last month or last year or this ongoing thing that I'm battling in my life? How do I come back from that? David's forgiveness began with repentance on his part. He had to see the sin first, right? And God showed him the sin when he sent the prophet Nathan. And David so, like, was caught in his own thing because it takes one to know one. And he was caught in the, own sto in, in the story of, of this one man who abused another man and, and took his little lamb, right? And if you read that, you know the story of what I'm talking about. David had to own it. In other words, it's not good enough to say, I'm sorry to God or forgive me. You have to own it. You have to own that sin. You have to, you have to realize how ugly it is in God's eyes. And David proved that he owned it in Psalm 51 when he wrote the psalm after he sinned and repented. And just to give you a couple of, uh, of verses, and we're, we're talking here about God's forgiveness, of course, but we find that David had to own he had to own that situation, and he did. In Psalm, in Psalm 51, David said this, and I, I just picked out a couple of verses so you can see them. He said, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. According to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from every sin, for I know my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Clean uh, created me a clean heart, O God, and put a new spirit within me. And this is just some of the verses in that psalm that, that are so powerful. But when you think about this, David owned it, right? He, he saw what he did wrong, and he said, I'm going to make this right by going to God and, and letting him know, you know what happened, you know, and, and just pouring my, my heart before him. So here's three things to know about God, and, and we're going to make this short today, I promise. Three things to know about God. The first thing is this. God is... His love is redemptive, not destructive. We find many accusers, many skeptics always say, look at the Old Testament, this angry, mean God. And there are still more scriptures in the Old Testament that speak of the love of God for His people. And he's, he, I think C.S. Lewis once said, the picture of God in the Old Testament is more like an angry lover, not, not this mean deity. But Jeremiah 29, 11 uh, is a picture of this, of, of this great love we find that sin exiles us, but God seeks to return us. He seeks to restore us. And the promise God gave to his people after 70 years of captivity in Babylon uh, went something like this. God says, after the exile, after I bring you back, he says, this is why I'm doing it. For surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for harm to give you a future with hope. So we find that after 
After sin's exile, God wants to restore you. But another thing about God is this, that God is always looking to forgive. And of course, Hebrews 7.25 says it beautifully. Consequently, He is able for all time to save those who approach God through Him since he always lives to make intercession for them. It's speaking of Jesus, that since we have Jesus, Jesus is always making intercession for us. When we fall, he intercedes for us. And it doesn't mean he's going to let us stay in the sin or while on the sin. He wants to get up, get us out of there, right? So, so he works on us through his spirit and convicts us so we can see it. And Jesus made it a priority, we find in the Gospels, to go after the one lost sheep, and sometimes when we sin, we feel like we're lost, right? So if you run away from God, God will come looking for you because He loves you. He's not, gonna, he's not looking to beat up on you. Yes, there'll be conviction. Yes, He will correct us. Yes, He will school us, right? He'll, he'll discipline us. But He does it as a loving Father. But the third thing I want to I give you, and then a couple of scriptures, and that's it, is this. God's heart is for, for reconciliation. And and uh, let me just give you this here. God's heart is for reconciliation. And, and here's a scripture I want to give you to go with that. That Romans 5.8 says, But God proves his love for us in that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. So think about it. God didn't wait for us to behave, to, to love us. He loved us while we were lost, while we were messed up. So do you think that maybe if you fall or make a mistake or sin, do you think that God stops loving you? Absolutely not. And, <clears throat> excuse me, and then we have 2 Corinthians 5.18 that says this, all this, all this from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry, <clears throat> ministry of reconciliation. God has given us the ability to go to him when we sin and repent and make it right so that he can cleanse us from that sin. Not, not just forgive us, but remove from our hearts the very desire that we had for that thing. That's the miracle of redemption, that, that God doesn't just deliver you, but he takes away the taste for that sin, and he, he breaks the pattern of that sin in your life. And so, he, that's what it means, that he's, he's committed to us the ministry of reconciliation. He wants to reconcile. God is always looking to, to reconcile with his people. And if you think that you're beyond God's forgiveness, think again. His love is waiting for you in the wings for all, all those who look to Him. So if you like this podcast, leave a like and uh, recommend it to a friend. And please leave a comment. And if you haven't subscribed, please subscribe. And it's, it's, so, it's a lot of fun doing these. And I always like to help people just to grow in Christ. So until next time, God bless you and take care.